0: Welcome to the Doctor Who Show. I'm Dave. And I'm Rob. And in this special episode that I am calling Hot Take Cutaway, we are here (laughs) because we've had some wonderful feedback. We've had a lot of feedback on our Hot Take review of Revolution of the Daleks. (laughs) I'm still laughing at Hot Take Cutaway. <laughs> I didn't tell you I was doing that, did no, I? No, you didn't. <laughs> and uh, we've had so much good feedback. Uh, we don't want to save it until our February episode, and we don't want to have to, you know, make this a whole episode. So we just thought, let's just get this all out. Let's fill the break between our primary sources and our January episode and just talk a bit more about Revolution of the Daleks, particularly what you, the listeners, Thought. Rob, how are you?
1: Dave I'm I'm very well we've had an exciting match of cricket that went into the early evening tonight. Uh, that was great.
0: It was it was a very intense match even if it was the wrong result. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've had some bants with some people on Twitter. I'm very excited that I'll explain later pod is coming back in after uh, about like 12 or 18 months or something crazy so that's good. Yes on Australia Day. Yes yes it's it's a great it's a great week. Yes,
0: it is. So, in a moment, we're going to cut into all the emails and messages that we've had about our Hot Take mm. review of Revolution of the Daleks. But a couple of significant news items have broken since we last talked in this format, Rob. Yes. Uh, you're going to mention the first of them, which is a, well, it's a, uh, uh, a um, Schrodinger's news piece.
1: <laughs> yes, folks, it's Jodie Whittaker, Is She Going or Not?, we had uh, earlier in the month a piece, a front page newspaper piece, no less, that Jodie Whittaker has uh, has resigned. This third series will be her last, and uh, people were quick to poo poo this. They said, "Oh, this is just like it's chaos in Cardiff. This is this is just rubbish." And other people said, well, well, no, this uh, journalist has actually broken Who News in the past. She broke that Bradley Walsh was joining the show. She broke that there'd be a Dalek in uh, Resolution. She's She's broken Doctor Who stories before. She has form. Add to that the fact that, you know, Modern Doctors 3 series is about right. This had a whiff of truth about it, Dave.
0: Yes, it did have that whiff of truth about it, but it also did come and go very, very quickly. Now that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Look, I don't know if it was true or not, but it seemed to have a little bit more than the usual speculation.
1: Yeah, and look, I, I want to point to something, and I mentioned this on our Twitter, but I know Twitter can pass people by, so if you didn't see this, hey, probably join the 99% of people who didn't see it either. Tania Miller, Dave, is a uh, an actress over in the UK. She is the tall, bald lady who in... Gosh, which which episode was it where you had the uh, the, the Gallifreyan general, the old general, regenerate and he regenerates into a woman? Heaven sent or hell bent? Might have been hell bent.
0: So it's the one where he's not hell bent on breaking through the wall is hell bent.
1: That's right. So it's hell bent. Yes. (laughs) Good. Now back on November 12th, so we're going back a little way here. She tweeted, apropos of nothing, the next doctor is going to blow you away. Now who? Oh who? I wonder could it be? And then a whole bunch of crazy emojis. And this didn't get a lot of pick up at the time. A a YouTube channel I watch um, actually picked it up first. And I thought, you know what? If there was some casting going on around then, maybe a new Doctor was getting picked towards the end of last year. Maybe this rumour starts to come out late December, early January when it gets reported in the paper. It just added to the, the... the potential here for me, because why else would Tania Miller tweet this? I mean, it's a weird thing to tweet at the same time. Like, you know, I, I certainly don't think it's her. I think it would be very gauche for you to announce yourself on Twitter uh, ahead of the BBC publicity machine. But she seems to know something, and apropos of nothing, just blurted this out, and I thought, hmm, there's another clue maybe.
0: Yeah, I found that the strangest part of the whole thing, and I wonder whether to separate things are being conflated here, I don't know. Because as you're saying, Rob, anybody who was cast as the Doctor would be under the most strict non-disclosure agreement yeah, and and would absolutely not be able to leak it or hint at it like that. And the idea that somebody would, you know, in the acting profession, go and sort of um drop their friend in it, so to speak, if they, they'd got a whiff of their friend being cast, mm-hmm. also just didn't seem like the the right thing to do. So I don't know what was going on there and maybe it was just something... Very odd and coincidental, but by the time we get to our February episode, the filming of the new season will be presumably well underway, Mm. and if there is a regeneration at the end of that season, whether that's a final episode in the normal run, or whether that last episode filmed will be a holiday special, any new Doctor presumably will have to be in it, so an announcement can't be far off, if it is happening, and if there is nothing sort of by March-April, well, it clearly was not true.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. But uh, I'll be looking out for it. I think this has got the whiff of truth about it. I just have that feeling in my waters, Dave. And I was actually disappointed that the BBC didn't take this head on. You know, I, I was even riffing at the time on the old JNT days where he got a whiff back in uh, Tom Baker's departure uh, that the the papers knew. So he convened a press conference. He got his talking points down and he and Tom Baker went to you know, some hastily convened location and did a press conference. You know, that's how JNT handled this. Conversely, the BBC is just silent. And I said I said on Twitter, and I stand by it here, if they pop up in, like, March and Jodie pops up in a video like, Hi, fam! You know, I'm going, blah, blah, blah. I'll think that is so lame because people are going to look at that and say, Didn't this happen two months ago? This is, this is quite weird. I know they probably want the Doctor Who monthly cover to be, you know, Jodie's leaving and all that, and they want it to be a thing. But in today's media world... <laughs> you've got to move with it you can't dictate the terms and say oh we'll talk about that in two or three months time it's it's kind of silly
0: look i just don't know and i guess i'm gonna wait and see how it plays out
1: mm. all righty there are a of other things we could riff on too like is the next doctor going to be this actor or that actor if we do get confirmation folks that jody is off dave and i will do a 14 for 14 podcast where we'll present seven picks each uh for who we think could be or should be the doctor
0: Yes, I'm slowly building that list up. Um, Hopefully I have a little bit longer to finish it because it's not at seven yet.
1: Mine's at six.
0: Okay, you're further advanced than I am. (laughs) Um, The other piece of news is something that we did mention briefly on our Hot Take review, Mm. but we didn't give enough space to, and particularly to the fallout of it, which has obviously happened since the episode aired, Mm. and that is John Bishop is joining the TARDIS team. Now, Rob... I know that you know a bit more about John Bishop than I do Yes. because my reaction when I saw that little teaser trailer at the end where they announced, and now John Bishop is back or joining the TARDIS team, and I looked at the two actors in that and I went, cool which one's John Bishop?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, now, I, I, I sort of mentioned to you at the time, a little bit superciliously, I sort of said, look, I've never heard of this bloke. Mm. It turns out that, look, once again, this is an example of someone who I've absolutely seen on tv um he would have been in an episode of skins that i've definitely watched 10 11 years ago Mm -hmm. and look he's probably popped up on a panel show that i've watched now and then but could i recognize him in a crowd or say anything constructive about his personality or acting abilities or anything absolutely not completely Mm. clean slate to me you know a little bit more though rob
1: Yeah, a little bit more, but not not much. You know, for me, he's the kind of guy who, again, pops up on panel shows and things, but has also done things like Royal Variety performances. And I want to say he's actually hosted one, or hosted something very similar to a Royal Variety performance, at least, because I remember vividly him doing that. And I was thinking, this is quite a funny guy. I quite like him. But in the best of Twitter tradition, most of the Twitter comments I was seeing was, oh, that unfunny git, oh, my God, can't believe it's him. He'll be horrible. And it was just a flashback to the Bradley Walsh sort of era where, 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 again, I knew a little and people who knew a lot said he'd be horrible. But for me, knowing a little, I was like, oh, well, I've got an open mind on this. I think he might be quite good. And lo and behold, he was good. So it could be exactly the same situation about to play out here.
0: Bradley Walsh, John Barrowman, Billy Piper. Yep. Uh, you know, how, how far back do you want to go with Catherine whole, Tate. You know, <laughs> Catherine Tate, yeah. Well, yeah. How far back do you want to go? (laughs) Most people like Catherine Tate, I know, I know. I'm in a minority, I know. (laughs) I've just rewatched The Office, so she's really in my bad books right now. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I I think that all of that sort of stuff, I I just let it sail over me because I've heard this so many times before. And again, it's another example of somebody who in Australia is not nearly as well known as they are in the UK. So I, I guess it's going to be a much fresher face for us, just like Bradley Walsh was. What's interesting, though, is... We don't know if this guy is a companion for all eight episodes next series or is he somebody who, you know, like Rory initially was, like uh, Captain Jack initially was, comes in and does a a little mini arc. We don't know that. If he is doing the full series and he's being introduced in the next episode and joining the TARDIS team, it does mean that what we discussed back in December about us about to have the first ever female-only TARDIS crew will not be happening Now, I think that's an interesting point. Some people have got very, very worked up about that. Some people are very pro the concept. Some people are very anti the concept.
1: Would they be the shippers who have got worked up, Dave?
0: Uh, Some of the shippers have got worked up about it, absolutely. But, But even people who whether they've been actively advocating for an all-female TARDIS team to sort of prove a point and show that, you know, women can get the job done, which is a thing we've seen in Marvel films, things we've seen in The Mandalorian recently. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a, re- a really cool vibe. And if you're somebody who has been advocating for that in Who or just when you realised it was likely to happen, you thought, yeah, that's really cool. I want to see how that works. I totally understand you being disappointed by the prospect that we may not get that. I also think it's interesting if the production team does doesn't think that we can sustain an all-female TARDIS team if that is the case. Uh, It's also interesting that to to make the point carefully that Peter Davison was hounded off Twitter for making a few years ago Mm. there are a lot of young boys who do look to Doctor Who for a male role model or a male identification figure who is not an action figure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Davo said, and I think he was correct, that, that that is a very important thing that was brought to Doctor Who. He didn't say that it meant you can't have a female Doctor. He said, of course you can, and Jodie will be great. But he did make the point that lots of, you know, young boys, and I was certainly one of them, Rob, you were probably one of them, mm. do look to those role you know, the, the non-action male role models in Doctor Who. So there are all sorts of rationales about why why this would be a... Obvious thing for the production team to do. There are very valid and, and interesting reasons why you may be disappointed if the production team is going down this path. I totally get it. And, and you know, I was curious about what the dynamics of an all female TARDIS team would look like, and, and particularly the dynamics of what Yaz would look like if it's just her and the Doctor. I thought that was going to be very, very interesting to watch. Mm. Does this mean that Yaz becomes a third wheel once again? I don't know.
1: Well, this is the thing, Dave. Like, you know, putting aside an all-women TARDIS team and just saying, here's our chance to have a, a Doctor and a companion again, which we haven't had for a few years now. Because even when Bill and the Doctor were getting around, Nardole was there most of the time. You know, we haven't had this sort of dynamic properly for a while. And I thought, well, that's that's our chance. Whether it's the Doctor and a guy or a Doctor and girl, again, I don't care just have that one companion would be great so look it would be nice if maybe the first three episodes of the doctor and Yaz, and we can actually see that again but um yes at some stage it will be the doctor and Yaz and john bishop and the guest cast and whoever else is in the episode again we get into that situation we've complained about for two years
0: yeah look i I think i'm with you rob i'm totally relaxed about what they do with it i've always said if the production team's going to good reason for casting someone and a good reason for forming the team as it is, well, you know, that that's fine. Let's, let's watch it and see what they do. Very relaxed. But if you asked me for my preference, it would be that we get three or four episodes of The Doctor and Yaz alone, and then John Bishop comes in, and he is like a Nardole or a Captain Jack, a Rory just supplementing the crew for a few episodes and doing something a bit different and shaking things up. I think that would be very cool. We don't know what it'll be. Lots of people have got very angry about things that it might have been. And, mm. you know, Rob, we try and make a point of not getting angry about hypotheticals. <laughs> <laughs> and if we could just talk briefly about one thing related to this, Rob. Yeah. And that is we're talking about the filming of the series. And we have spoken on the Doctor Who show a number of times since COVID came about what the implications for television production were would be Mm. and in that note literally just a few days ago a podcast i've mentioned before uh, kevin smith's fat man beyond did have an interview with actor skylar aston who i must admit i didn't really know but as soon as you i saw him i you know like he's that guy Mm. and he has just started filming a second series of his new show in vancouver uh under covid safe requirements so he did what the canadians required which i think is the same as australia which is he did 14 days in hotel quarantine before being allowed out into the country to actually do the filming. But he talked about what it's like to be filming under COVID conditions. He said that every member of the cast and crew is given a COVID test every day to make sure they're safe to be on set. He said that everything that's actually on set and in front of the camera is as it would normally be, and they, they still have kissing scenes. And he said, yes, you know, the first time they did that, it was very weird and very awkward, mm. even more so than normal. But But they do have this. But he said, if you... Flipped the camera around to what was behind it. He said it looks like a, the set of Stranger Things, with all these people in lab coats and and you know test kits and clipboards and you know very very carefully monitoring things and cleaning things and yeah. and doing all this. So I just thought it was very interesting because we have speculated about that before that this is presumably what is happening on Doctor Who. They are getting tested daily. They are cleaning everything afterwards, and there are hordes of COVID monitors making sure that the. Filming can get on, and presumably, you know, delaying things between takes. It is going to take a bit longer than normal to film a certain amount of television.
1: Yeah, well, something else we've seen, certainly in a lot of the spy shots, and we won't go into those because people might be spoiled on what we might talk about in those spy shots, but they're all outdoors, so maybe they're they're even factoring in a lot more outdoor filming at present because outdoor filming is obviously a lot safer than indoor filming. Uh, so they're doing locations. Um you know that's just something I noticed.
0: Yeah, look that would make a lot of sense. Um and and it's also a good thing because the one thing the Chimamlera has really done well has been the location filming it's looked fantastic so oh yeah that, that, that's that's a good thing
1: yeah something like the ghost monument I mean quite a silly episode um it's that's the one where the doctor gives up at the end oh I've lost the TARDIS oh yeah. cripes okay we're stuffed <laughs> but <laughs> yep. uh but as a uh, a visual feast yeah that episode looked amazing you know just yeah, one so, that comes to mind
0: yeah absolutely so you know that's that's a very cool thing but Rob, we're here to get our listener feedback on Revolution of the Daleks, pages and pages of it. We're very pleased with how much people have engaged, and Rob, you've got the first one.
1: Oh, look, ab- absolutely. We've got Revolution of the Daleks feedback. We've got feedback on a lot of things. So let's uh, let's rip in with this first one from John Seymour. comes to us by email. He says, Hi, Rob and Dave. Just been listening to your latest episode, 27th of the 12th, and wanted to weigh it in to back you both up on the Shipping the Doctor question. Like you, and especially Dave, I think, I detest the very idea of the Doctor being shown having a romantic relationship with anyone, especially his companions. It's not often I hear this sentiment expressed on the many Doctor Who podcasts I listen to. Quite the opposite, in fact, as a lot of people seem to love the idea of the Doctor falling in love and or getting off with his companions for some reason. So it's great to find out I'm not the only one who finds it somehow wrong. Partially, my resistance to it is down to what Doctor Who was like when I was growing up with it, with the Doctor often referring to his current companion as his best friend. Back then, there was never any suggestion of romance on the cards at all. This, to me, is the way it should be. But I don't want you to think that I'm just being a prude or a grumpy old stick in the mud who longs for things to be as they used to be. There's more to it than just that. I actually think going down the romance route is exactly the kind of thing Doctor Who should avoid because it's what every other show does. Doctor Who's format is the most versatile in television and for it to waste time on obvious cliched storylines like the leads being romantically involved is tedious at the least and criminal at worst. Certainly as a kid it would have bored me rigid and I've been longing to get back to the imaginative plots, monsters, exploring and adventuring. Of course, there is the argument that as Doctor Who's format is so versatile, it could and should be able to venture down the romance route at times, but I'd counter-argue that... If so, it should be the guest characters or, at a push, the companions themselves who should get involved in this sort of storyline, but never the Doctor. That way, we can move the Doctor onto something new in future adventures without all the baggage such a storyline comes with. Not sure if you agree, but those are my thoughts. Anyway, a quick idea for a future episode. Following on from your really fun episode on Alien Worlds, perhaps you could look at the best and worst alien cultures shown in Doctor Who. A similar idea, but subtly different. I think what do you think anyway no doubt you'll have ended 2021 already but it's three and a bit hours to new year here in the UK so best wishes to you both for 2021 John Seymour in Washington the original one in England not one of the ones in the USA (laughs) I like that sign off (laughs) I did thank
0: you John for that email and look I agree with everything that John said there I, I certainly spoke in that episode as John references about why I am not keen on the Doctor having um, relationships, certainly with his companions, Um, but he also then, yeah, did nail the fact that if I want, you know, sexual tension or will they, won't they stuff, there are millions of television shows out there that I can watch. Mm. I don't need it in Doctor Who as well. And to bring us back to the point I was making earlier, again, there are going to be kids out there who are watching Doctor Who, particularly because they're not looking for a heartthrob action here, a romantic lead, and all that sort of stuff they just want fun science fiction adventures mm. and yeah I, I think john and i and i think you rob are in Sympatico on that one
1: yeah i think the baggage one's the big one for me because if you give the doctor the relationship it does have to end somehow and then the doctor's got to be mopey and then he doesn't want to have a relationship it's like what why are we worrying about this stuff why aren't we just having an adventure so yeah that i'm on board too
0: Absolutely. As for Alien Cultures, that's a really good idea. I think that we will give it a good bit of separation from the Alien Worlds one, but we'll uh, stick that in the back pocket. Uh, thank you, John, for the suggestion.
1: Yes, we've got most of 2021 mapped out already, which is kind of scary, but um, <laughs> maybe in 2022. We will
0: see what happens. But yeah, no, we, we will put it on the, um, on the list, yes. on the long-term list, yes. Uh, the next email is from Jonathan Harding. Hi. Welcome from a lockdown UK where I look enviously on the test crowds you're allowed to have. We won't mention the Australian Open right now. No. No. (laughs) I wanted to pass on my thoughts about Revolution of the Daleks for what they're worth. Jodie is once again underserved. The reports that she is leaving made me sad because, if true, she never got a showrunner to help her out. Ryan and Graham's exit was fine and made sense, except for the ghostly apparition. I never got on with Jack in the past, sorry, but he wasn't overused. The joke about where he smuggles illicit devices is getting old, though. I was also struck about how the jailbreak scene seemed to be him as the lead character. Again, a Chibnall fault, I suspect. Mm. Other than that, Chris North's character made sense to me. So well done to them on that. Overall, it passed the time for me, but not more than that. One other thing. John Bishop. John Bishop. I have no idea how he is as an actor. He's a comedian, basically. But for a good couple of years some time ago, he was the most visible man in the UK. I think he took over from John Barrowman. <laughs> One thing I can trust him on is that he seems to get good cast in, so I keep my fingers crossed. Hope this wasn't too long. Please keep the great shows coming. Take care. Jonathan Harding.
1: Yeah, oh, some interesting stuff there. Uh, and again, it raises this whole thing where down here in Australia, we don't see these people overused like they do in the UK. So we have completely different impressions of them, which yeah. is which is so, so interesting. But in terms of the episode itself, yeah, it was weird that they had a ghostly apparition with Ryan and Graham Caesar. It was just like the extra cherry on the cake that wasn't really needed. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with you, Jonathan, all of it.
0: Yeah, this reminded me of a thought I had sort of a week or so after it it aired where I actually felt a bit of sympathy for Revolution of the Daleks because what it really is is just a fun end-of-the-year holiday special, which is just meant to fill out the time. It's unfortunate that it is the only Doctor Who in a 15-month gap, so it's just got hordes of desperate fans waiting to just analyse the bejesus out of it Mm. when it actually doesn't deserve that and really shouldn't get that
1: no 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 not at all i think had that come on top of a uh, a good sort of season uh i think we yeah we might have seen it with different eyes
0: yeah look look i think so and that's just an accident of timing uh rob you've got another one for us
1: i do here richard Revel has written to us uh, also by email he says hi fellas just listen to the hot take very enjoyable as ever much like you i thought this was a good episode in general But as you say, it wouldn't take much plucking to unravel the whole thing. Yeah. Good points. One, Red Daleks. Thought these looked very cool. Two, Captain Jack. Far prefer the happy-go-lucky Doctor Who Jack to the miserable cranky Torchwood Jack. Though, to be fair, he's not getting horribly killed every couple of weeks in Doctor Who, so that might explain it. (laughs) Three, screwdriver-free. Is this the first episode she doesn't use it? That's a good question. I don't remember her using it, actually. Uh, 4. Clever resolution. It was really nice to see the Doctor save the day by outwitting the enemy. 5. The Prime Minister of the UK getting zapped by aliens. As a Brit, this is an idea I can really get behind. Bad points. 1. Prison. Pointless and illogical. As you said, the Doctor's not going to get trapped in the prison for any length. I also got fed up with the mechanic where a character spends years trapped somewhere, whether it's 19 years in jail. Rory waiting for a couple of millennia outside the Pandorica or Capaldi spending 4 billion years punching through some perspex (laughs) 2 the Doctor's relationship with the companions why is this Doctor so desperate for their approval and acceptance all the time 3 Ryan and Graham they deserved far more in their final episode instead they got put out on gardening leave 4 no comeuppance for Robertson can't help feeling Chibnall thinks we're far more invested in this character than we are (laughs) 5. The Dalek Cloning Factory How did this get set up so fast? Perhaps just the editing of the episode but the timing felt off to me Hope 2021 treats you well Looking forward to all the new content you've got lined up already from Richard Ravel.
0: Look, thank you Richard for that email There's nothing there that I particularly disagree with and some of it I very strongly agree with it. I want to pull out Rob something that's really been bugging me since we did our hot take mm-hmm. and that is the prison thing in a hot take, we did sort of describe, you know, we thought it was a bit weird and it didn't quite work and it didn't serve the Doctor well. And usually when I don't like something in an episode, as time goes by, I, you know, get over it and I move on from it. I kind mm. of put it in context and, and don't care. But this has really continued to bug me because it really did just feel like Jodie's Doctor being so badly served and coming across so badly and that she just looked inept and mm. and stuffed and and not doctor like and yeah it's a negative that has continued to play on me and it's interesting that richard has uh highlighted that in his email
1: yeah look i had this uh i won't call it an argument i'll say spirited debate with someone on gallifrey base not a site i use often i must say but i did get on there around the time of revolution and have some um, some back and forth of people uh, I quite like talking to John Blum, Kate Orman's uh, husband, when, when I'm on there. He's, he's very good to talk to, but there, there are a lot of very special people on there as well. And look, one of the things I said is, hey, look, one of the simple things they could have done is just had a Jadoon, for starters. Where were the Jadoon, by the way? It was a Jadoon prison. Where were the Jadoon? Uh, <laughs> put that aside. Have a Jadoon come up and, like, you know, poke the doctor in the chest And say, like, you know, you've tried to escape for the 500th time this morning. And Jodie's like, yep, and it won't be me last, you know, or something like that. And it's like, wow, there's a plucky doctor. She hasn't escaped, but she's been trying. Cover it off with a line, super doctorish, and it shows that the prison must be quite quite tough. Uh, Job done. You know, why couldn't have had something like that? Instead, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm mean i in prison, you know, <laughs> another day. Yeah, Yep. I'll mark it off on the wall.
0: <laughs> yep, totally agree with you. I think that really was the big outstanding negative of the episode. Mm. All the things that Richard highlights as positives definitely were positive, so that's good. Yeah. We have another email here from Ben PM. G'day, fellas. I grabbed Adventures in Lockdown after you mentioned it in the podcast and have just gotten around to reading. Although brief, I think it's definitely worth a read. Paul Cornell's story, The Shadow Passes, is a timely isolation story with some hope in it. And Pete McTye's Press Play has some great meta jokes in it. I hope a Doctor Who short story collection becomes an annual part of the BBC Children in Need fundraiser. It's a great idea. Cheers for the heads up. Ben PM in Western Australia.
1: Yeah, it's very nice, and I'm I'm certainly glad we could get it. You know, after my initial fear that it was just being sold in UK shops, which you know websites were telling us at the uh, at the time. But no, it's it's a good little collection, and if you don't have a copy, grab a copy, and and it would be nice if it's done every year. I'm, I'm not sure if it will, but it'd be nice.
0: Yeah, no, totally agree. I've read a couple of stories from my copy, and yeah, it's it's some good stuff in there.
1: All righty, let's round out the emails now with uh, Shane Rofe, regular correspondent lately. Hello again, Shane. He says, G'day, fellas, and all the best for the last few days of the festive season to you. I thought I'd drop my two cents worth for our New Year's special. Now, I'll try and keep it brief, uh, and I look forward to hearing your hot take on it. Firstly, I liked it, as in, I enjoyed it, but it was no instant classic where I'm yearning to watch it again straight away. Even the Chibnall era has had some episodes like that, but this, to me, wasn't one. However, it, in my opinion, was not an absolute train wreck. I'm getting a tad tired, though, of a return to 70s Doctor Who, where everything seems to be resolved by blowing things up. Oh, for a Warriors of the Deep, there should have been another way. Good grief, Davos, Doctor, was brilliant. And that that's Shane writing that, people. That's not me saying that, although I probably would have said that. Um, there are two parts that I do want to touch on. Jack's audio goodbye seemed a bit harsh and tacked on. Hopefully we see him again, because after such a nice meeting of the two friends, if that's how they finally part, it's a bit of a letdown. The other point was Ryan and the Doctor's chat in the TARDIS. I feel conflicted about this, because I partly really liked it, and equally really disliked it. You see, I don't like the Doctor being given advice. I know the companions have berated her and held her accountable many times, going all the way back to Ian and Barbara... But giving life advice? I like the Doctor to be doing that, like she did with Victoria on Telos, for example. Equally, though, I like the scene because it does show a sensitive, vulnerable side to the Doctor who, after all this time, maybe is starting to realise that these people she takes on her adventures do have something to contribute, other than just brute force or a sounding board to be clever to. This is why I like Jodie as the Doctor, or just having a female Doctor in general. She is wise, she is brave, she is strong, but she is much more open and caring and sensitive in a way we haven't seen before. The Tenths, I'm so, so sorry, was always genuine, but I couldn't see him having a sit-down with Ryan like this. For example, his chats with Will Mott would usually end with a slightly masculine resolve. Also, just finishing your fan reaction show, I wanted to thank you for touching on my political episode idea. The feedback you both gave was very close to what I was looking forward to hearing. Interesting viewpoints and very accurate assessments. I would say I think it may make an interesting idea for a show still, so maybe one day if you're stuck for ideas. In the meantime, I will subscribe to that 42 to Doomsday podcast and find the show that Dave referenced. Anyway, that's my feedback for what it's worth. Have a happy and safe 2021. Look forward to another 12 months of doing it all again. From Shane Rove.
0: Thank you, Shane. Really interesting thoughts. One that I want to pick out is that conversation between Ryan and the Doctor, which Mm. I I agree with him. I can see both sides of that argument. It was a lovely scene. It was a very well-played scene. It was a nice scene. But could it have been different and could it have been better? Yes. (laughs) And I kind of agree with Shane. I would have liked to have seen the Doctor inspire Ryan Mm. in such a way that she gives him some advice. She can show vulnerability doing that. I mean, Trout in that scene in Tomb that he references showed some vulnerability to Victoria. You can do that. But do it in such a way that at the end of the episode when Ryan says it's time to leave, the Doctor can see that she has inspired him to go out and be bigger and do his own thing. And that could have been another level to what we had.
1: Yeah, I got two points on the Captain Jack bit uh, One is yes It was bloody weird that he sort of signed off On audio You wonder was the script not written very well And they forgot to do, <laughs> got to do a scene Or did they do a scene And for some reason it couldn't be used So they quickly had to do an audio thing Yeah, or was it really just meant to be that way in which case it was really really weird now in terms of Jack himself and and is that their final farewell no I don't think so because Chibnall did see it in the uh, you know I'm going to look up Gwen Cooper line or whatever it was and people have said oh my god this is Chibnall bringing back Torchwood and it's like oh for Christ's sake no it's not it's probably Barrowman is going to be in the next series and maybe Gwen Cooper will be in it with him You know, that's a thousand times more likely than Torchwood coming back. And, in fact, in recent days, we've had a picture of Barrowman in in Cardiff. Uh, He's tweeted a picture from him in Cardiff. So he's over there. I think he's filming something, and I wouldn't be surprised if Gwen Cooper's in it, too. There's my hot tip.
0: Uh, Yeah, look, I think that that's a perfectly reasonable thing to assume. I must admit, I didn't take it as being much at all, other than a nice little Easter egg for people who were fans of Torchwood to go, hey, cool. Gwen got a mention, you know, it just we did a review of the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian's very good at that sort of thing of just casually referencing somebody or something that people in the know go, hey, cool, they mentioned that. Mm. Um, maybe maybe it's nothing more than that, but if it is, well, you yeah, know, that, that's that's really cool. Um, the final point I want to pull out of Shane's email is just sort of that reference to the episode overall, and again, I found myself reflecting that. Chimnel reminds me very much now of Terry Nation and I say that as a big Terry Nation fan and mm-hmm. anyone, anyone who listened to our episode last year about Terry Nation will, will know that but Terry Nation was somebody who was able to write a really interesting exciting adventure with good set pieces big cool ideas but was always at his best when he had a really good script editor to polish his work mm-hmm. whether that was David Whittaker whether it was Robert Holmes whether it was Terrence Dix, whether it was Chris Boucher Terence was at his best when he could have the big ideas and write the first draft and then have that dialogue really polished up by a good script editor. And I think that's where Chibnall is for me now. I actually really like Chibnall's ideas for the most part. I think he does some really good, fun adventures in time and space. But, gee, he needs a script editor to go over his dialogue. And I think with somebody like that doing it for Revolution of the Daleks this would have been a really exciting adventure that wasn't occasionally let down by some clunky plotting and dialogue.
1: Yeah, and yet in this brave new showrunnery world of TV shows, he's never going to get that because as as I think a, a listener told us once, the, the script editor in today's Doctor Who is really just someone who photocopies the scripts and, and hands them out at meetings. You know, they're not really a script editor in the way script editors used to be.
0: Yeah, and look, whether you call it a script editor or you just have somebody... Who is 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 someone that the chipmunk can bounce ideas off? As I mentioned in another episode, like Harlan Ellison used to just be someone that JMS could bounce ideas off in Babylon Five, and occasionally just go, "Joe, nah, you've gone too far on this one. Pull that one back, or sorry that, that line isn't actually as clever as you think it is." And, you know that's just what he needs, or just someone to do another pass. So, yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything our listeners have written in. With I enjoyed the episode, Front adventure could have been better
1: Mm. speaking of jms were you excited the other day when someone was saying oh american writers don't want to do doctor who because you know there's this condition and that condition and uh, uh, these conditions seem to be quite made up too like in the the best traditions of (laughs) tweets that you see from from maniacs but jms actually replied and said no he'd actually really love to do doctor who and i was like yes jms doctor who hello
0: Yes, he he basically said like I don't care about the terms and conditions and I'd love to live in London and I don't care about the the pay. I would do it just cuz Doctor Who is cool.
1: So, yeah.
0: <laughs> um anybody who's listening out there, JMS is now my fantasy showrunner, make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. And it would be <laughs> awesome. He still got it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh, that would be a now that i've sort of read that and had that seated in my mind it's probably gone to the top of my list of fantasy showrunners so uh anthony horowitz and jane espenson you've been knocked down to two and three i'm afraid
1: <laughs> still a pretty uh, good place to be though
0: yeah absolutely any of those would be fantastic but chibnall's here not going anywhere we've got another season to come we will be hot taking that season as soon as it comes out of the microwave
1: and it would seem that he's staying as well if if you know even if jody's going it seemed that he might hang around that was never my thought i thought they were a package deal for sure
0: Uh, certainly there's been no serious murmurings that he is going and there was nothing in that jody rumor article that referenced him going so uh, no no smoke or fire there
1: although most of fandom was saying we wish it was chibnall going because we'd rather see jody with a new showrunner than chibnall giving us another doctor in the way that he writes you know (laughs)
0: Yeah, look, I think most of fandom is fairly united in wanting the best for Jodie. I think they really want Jodie to succeed. Yes. Uh, some feel some feel she's succeeding really well already. Others feel that she's got potential that is so far untapped and that maybe a different showrunner would be the one to untap that. Who knows what the next series is going to bring?
1: I'm in the latter category because I think it applies to just about any actor, not just Jodie. I think you get a different showrunner with different ideas. Actors will do something different. It's It's inevitable, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's always a uh, always a positive in mixing up the formula a bit.
1: Mm. But anyway, we've gone on a bit. Uh, Dave, do you want to promo what's going to happen next week uh, when I'm not here on the show?
0: Uh, yes. So next week we will be having a January episode, which was recorded just before Christmas, live, so to speak, at my apartment here at Camp David. And <laughs> it has got the uh, the wonderful chaps from 42 to Doomsday who have come to sit down on my couch and we are discussing Doctor Who conventions, what we have seen happen over the our uh, thirty plus years in fandom, mm. how they've changed, how they've evolved, and we have drawn particularly from our own personal experiences of those attending them, running them, uh, watching some fairly big disasters happen, <laughs> watching some fairly big successes happen. So um, I hope you uh, you find that, and that's that's a bit of our end of summer, or in the northern hemisphere's case, end of winter special and we'll be back to regular schedule after that.
1: I'm looking forward to hearing it myself.
0: Yes, I need to finish editing that one.
1: (laughs) Very good.
0: (laughs) I will get onto it.
1: Great. But until then, until next week, I've been Rob.
0: And I've been Dave.
1: See you next time on the Doctor Who Show. (laughs) Goodbye. You've been listening to the Doctor Who Show, the podcast where too much Doctor Who is barely enough. Subscribe to us on iTunes or listen through the website at www.thedwshow.net. Write to us at hello at thedwshow.net or send us a quickie on Twitter at thedwshow. Facebook.com forward slash thedwshow is also a good place to find us if you're so inclined. Our version of the Doctor Who theme arranged by George Locke. Look him up on YouTube, folks. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Doctor Who, all names and sounds, and any other related items are trademarks and or copyrights for the BBC. All other trademarks and trade names are properties of their respective owners. The official Doctor Who website can be found at www.bbc.co.uk forward slash Doctor Who.